So the Bible's clear that when we believe in Jesus Christ, we are free from our sins. But the reality is, is that we keep finding ourselves in the same sin pattern, going back to the same thing over and over again. How do we reconcile those two truths? Well, today we want to talk about how we can actually be free from our sin. Hi everybody, I'm Joseph Walter and this is my wife Monica. And uh, today we wanted to wrap up our series on um, the good news. And in this series we've been talking about why is the gospel called good news? What makes it good news? And there's really two aspects that um, I emphasized in that process. One is the fact that Christ came to set us free and that we truly can have freedom um, through what he did. And then the other aspect is that in the midst of that freedom, he didn't simply set us free, but he also forgave us completely. And what that means is that we have a status now with God, which is that he's good with us. We are at peace with God and that we have a good relationship with him. In fact, we have the same relationship that Christ had with the Father. That was his free gift to us in the gospel, in the good news. So hopefully in this series, you've seen how there's a reason we call it good news, that it's something to get excited about. But in, um, in talking about it, I wanted to uh, have a discussion here at the end, and I was asking Monica, what do you want to sort of emphasize from this series, or what do you think people would benefit from uh, if we could sort of have a discussion format on it? Yeah, so as we were talking about it, I'm like, you know, theology is great. I love all of the truths that we get and the revelations you get from it. But sometimes it's nice to just have the nice practical discussions where it's like, okay, the Bible says this and this is what's happening in my life. It's not making sense. You know, it could either be that this isn't true or, you know, makes you question yourself. So I wanted to just reconcile that mm -hmm. and try and really see like, this is definitely true. You believe in Jesus, you're free from your sins, but how do we actually live that way and see that fruit in our lives? Yeah, because I mean, and I, I think whenever we were talking about it, you said something about how like, the, just because like we know that truth doesn't mean that the struggle isn't there. Yeah. And I think that's so true, is that the, the struggle is real. We're, we're going to drive the struggle bus a little bit here this morning um, because it's, it's real. Um, the, the struggle against sin and the struggle to feel freedom, to actually live free the way that the scripture promises us to live free, mm -hmm. isn't easy. It's not something that just sort of, I think, you know, a lot of times maybe whenever we picture it, especially early on, we think that once we're, once we're saved, it's just, it's going to be this complete freedom where we don't have that struggle anymore. Yeah. And I don't think that salvation represents um, the lack of a struggle. But mm -hmm. if anything, I think it actually introduces the struggle. That before mm -hmm. we were saved, we didn't really struggle against sin. We just sort of accepted it. Mm -hmm. But once we were saved, then we actually entered the battle. Mm -hmm. And what we want to talk about today is how do we overcome that battle? How do we overcome that struggle against sin? And of course, part of that is realizing that it's in the good news. It's buried mm -hmm. in the fact of what Christ did for us. Mm -hmm. And the, the way that we found salvation is the same way that we find what, you know, again, maybe the theological term, sanctification, mm -hmm. that we find freedom from yeah. our sin. Yeah. Um, so as we talk about that, there's, there's one aspect that I want to maybe encourage you in. And that is um, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I'll just paraphrase it basically. It says that there is no temptation that has overcome us that is not common to all mankind. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that there is no need or room for shame. Yeah. Um, that it, I think so often we deceive ourselves into thinking that we're the ones who are struggling with this, that everybody else has it together. Mm -hmm. and maybe it's on one particular sin, and we sort of beat ourselves up 
about the fact that we keep on going back to this. But the reality is that you are not alone in doing that. And thankfully, I am not alone in doing that. Mm -hmm. That this is something that we all do, that we all find ourselves struggling against this. Mm -hmm. And that there's just no need to feel that weight of shame because we are all in this together. And as you said that the struggle is common to all mankind, I feel like we can also find ourselves um, in the trap of thinking that we can mature to a place where the struggle really isn't common to us, you know, that we have overcome right. that struggle. Exactly. And I felt because I came to the Lord later on in life that I sometimes heard like, oh, when I get older, I'll be able to reach maturity. And when I reach that maturity, the struggle really will just, it's going to be so easy. Right. And I think that's such a lie. It is mm -hmm. not based on scripture. And I feel like if we get to that place where we don't see that struggle and we're real with ourselves, it kind of breeds a pride in us. And I think we can all so easily find ourselves there. And when we aren't able to hear and see what God is trying to tell us, then I think that's the whole point of what we're talking today. It kind of keeps us trapped in whatever it is that God would really love to talk to us about. Yeah, I, th I think that, you know, I think the reality, I said this earlier, is that being a Christian doesn't mean that you're no longer struggling against sin, that you don't feel temptation. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, that scripture tells us that it is common to all of us. Mm -hmm. um, and so we feel this struggle, but the key is that we are able to overcome now. Mm -hmm. And so to the extent that you find yourself feeling like, yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, I don't really feel tempted anymore. You know, I feel like I'm kind of past that. I would take this maybe as a little bit of a, uh, an, an opportunity to check because I don't think that you can actually get to that place. I think that the temptation is still there. And I think that um, whenever, we, whether you find yourself, like I was talking about, maybe feeling a bit like covered in shame, um, that, you know, that you're still struggling with this. Mm -hmm. I want you to know that, I want to sort of bring you up a little bit that we all feel that. But yeah. to the extent that you feel yourself on the other side, and, and I've been there too, where I kind of feel like, I, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I've been doing pretty good. I, I almost kind of want to bring us down a little bit to realize that all of us still struggle yeah. with it. And, and here's the thing is that sin isn't just a matter of what we do. Mm -hmm. It's not just about our transgressions is, is the biblical term. It's also about our iniquity. It's, it's about our heart. And the scary thing about our heart is that, uh, and scripture says this, that it is deceitful above all things. Yes. And that um, it, like, there's so many verses that talk about how the scripture is there to discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Mm -hmm. And there are verses where Paul is talking and he says, you know, I don't judge myself. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not aware of anything against myself, but I'm not thereby acquitted. Mm -hmm. what, he's, what he's saying um, is basically that even though he doesn't think that he's doing anything wrong, that doesn't mean that he's not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And really the, the scripture actually emphasizes this over and over that we need God's help to, to see the sin in our hearts. Yeah. And because it can be in our hearts, it can be there even without us knowing it. Yeah. Okay, so now we've maybe established something of a foundation, mm -hmm. but let's get practical and let's get specific. Uh, in a minute, we'll talk about the specifics for what can we practically do whenever we face that individual battle mm -hmm. of uh, temptation to sin. There's a specific moment where we feel the temptation. How do we look for that way of escape? How do we overcome that? But first, I'd like to talk practically and characterize for us the war, if you will, the bigger picture of the struggle against sin. Mm -hmm. um, and what I'm really wanting to get at is that the New Testament 
clearly demonstrates for us that righteousness does not flow from the law, that the law was not the answer to righteousness. And what that means is that discipline is also not the answer to righteousness. So maybe, you know, you're, you're sort of thinking to yourself, well, if I just had a little bit more discipline, if I just knew exactly where the boundary was, and then I, I built these disciplines and I built these systems in place to keep, you know, me from sinning and keep me a mile from sinning, then I would be able to stay righteous. This is a matter of me having the right self-control. Mm -hmm. And yes, there's a role for self-control. There's a role for those practical things, but that is not the big picture. Mm -hmm. That is not the big struggle. Yeah. Instead, what the scripture makes plain is that faith is the basis of our righteousness. Yeah. That our belief determines what we do. So in other words, what that means is that what we, if we're doing something, if we're, if we're sinning in some way, if we're mm -hmm. producing that fruit, so to mm -hmm. speak, then our root is mm -hmm. where the problem is at. Yeah. That we cannot have perfect faith, perfectly believe all of the truths that God has for us and mm -hmm. simultaneously be sinning. Mm -hmm. That those two cannot coexist. Mm -hmm. That any sin is rooted in some gap in our belief. Mm -hmm. and, and the reality is that maybe as you hear that, you think, well, no, that, that's not me because I believe that this is sin. Mm -hmm. I don't have any doubts about the fact that this is sin. Maybe it's lust, mm -hmm. maybe it's watching pornography, maybe it's gossiping, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You say to yourself, no, I believe that that's sin. I know that that's wrong. Mm -hmm. My problem isn't belief here. My problem is that I'm just lacking the discipline to carry out my beliefs. Mm -hmm. But I would suggest that in that moment, whenever we succumb to that temptation, mm -hmm. there is some gap in our mm -hmm. belief. Maybe for yeah. just a brief moment, we change what we believe and we start to justify. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing new. I mean, we see this from the Garden of Eden. Like right. God clearly gave directions and the snake, the serpent comes and he just says this one little lie, you know, right. just tiny enough for her to be like, well, and what is, what enters her mind is doubt. She doubts what God told her right. and that doubt, that lack of faith. So here's the, the problem is doubt or a lie. And then the resolution is faith, right? Faith in the truth. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so in that way, I think that almost you might describe that as sort of what I think the scriptures call being weak in faith, that mm -hmm. there's sort of that, that just that moment where we have a, a gap in our faith, mm -hmm. or it's possible also that the, the lie that we're believing is not directly related to the struggle that we're having, mm -hmm. that maybe it's that we believe the lie that at the end of the day, that's, what's going to make us happy. That pleasure is what makes us happy. Mm -hmm. That if we could just get enough pleasure in our life, then we would feel satisfied. And mm -hmm. we have a post where we talk about that called, mm -hmm. you know, being satisfied in pleasure and finding satisfaction, a whole series on it. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll put a link for that if that's helpful to you. But we just talk about the fact that that is a lie. Yeah. And I think that sometimes whenever we believe that lie, that's what leads us down that road. And it's not that we're directly justifying the behavior, mm -hmm. but underneath it, we think that we almost kind of need it, that we need to allow ourselves to indulge, to indulge ourselves a little bit because otherwise we're not going to be happy, mm -hmm. that we can't find happiness outside of it. And I realize whenever I say it like that, everybody would say, no, 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 I don't, I don't believe mm -hmm. that. But the honest truth is that I think there's some part of that where our hearts are deceiving us. And so we're going to give two examples, sort of big picture examples for lies that we can believe. But the reality is that the specific lie that you're struggling with, that you may not even know that you're struggling with or think that you're struggling with, is something that is best um, encountered or engaged with a conversation with God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have a series where we talk about uh, talking with God and how, what it looks like to have a conversation with God and how in that conversation he reveals yeah. our heart to us. That we didn't think we believed something and then he says, 
he just sort of, he asked the questions the right way. It's amazing how the, my conversation with God just go where he just, he mm -hmm. asked just the right question. And I say, no, no, no. And then he goes, well, then why this? And I go, oh, uh, maybe you're right. <laughs> of course he's right. But, you know, it's just, it's th those conversations. So we talk a little bit about how, how to have that conversation so that you can fight this, this war, you know, the big picture struggle. Mm -hmm. um, but let's, let's talk first about a couple examples. Um, maybe could you do your example first and just talk a little bit about, um, you know, kind of one, one lie that we can all struggle with. Yeah, so um, I think something that we can really struggle with, and this is probably what I struggle with um, most frequently, is thinking it's not my fault or, um, you know, something happened to me in my past and that really affects me and you're just, you know, you kind of lean on that struggle. And I think that that lie um, is the opposite actually of what, you know, Jesus came and died for us to be a new creation right. and that we are set free and that we're made new and, you know, we're, our identity is in Christ. Right. That means that my entire past is wiped clean and I now have a new identity in Christ, which is actually what we talked about in our post with Peace with God. Um, but with the those lies of blaming everything on something else, we don't take responsibility for our own actions. And I think that keeps us tra trapped and it keeps us powerless to actually make change because I think that you know, through Christ, we have the power to make change and to actually live a life that God intended us to live in and to not stay trapped into, chained into something that was who we were and that Christ died and set us free from. Right. I think that, you know, it's almost like psychology basically paints this picture that we start out as innocent and then the mm -hmm. things around us corrupt us. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that that's a lie, that that is not what the scripture teaches. Yeah. We were sinful, but Christ came to redeem us. Yeah. And so that storyline doesn't end with us being corrupted, but it ends with us being redeemed. Yeah. And so we have power to overcome the sin. That doesn't mean that, you know, there, there may be aspects in our past mm -hmm. that actually feed into these lies that we're talking about, that the specific lie that you're struggling with may be a part of your past. Mm -hmm. But that, the purpose then should be to explore a past to understand and have a conversation with God about it maybe even, to understand the lie that we're believing so that we can believe the truth, not so that we can simply excuse mm -hmm. the lie. Mm -hmm. But if I could characterize maybe the other big lie that I think a lot of us struggle with um, mm -hmm. that maybe hopefully will help some of us. Mm -hmm. And I've got a post where I talk about this. Maybe in, this goes back to some of what I was saying earlier. Maybe it's that we think that pleasure will satisfy us. Mm -hmm that there is something in the enjoyment uh, of whatever it is, alcohol, sex, whatever, mm -hmm. right? Whatever good things maybe that God made for us, mm -hmm. that that's really what was satisfy us. Mm -hmm. And that whenever God gave us these instructions, that at a certain level, those inhibit our ability. Like, you know, we, we, and it's hard to say that, right? Like maybe, you know, at a surface level, we'd say, no, 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 God's good. Um, you know, if he gave me instructions, if he gave me commandments, I know that they're for my good. But there's something in there where maybe at a certain level we believe that the commandments that we have inhibit our ability to experience the good things of this life. Mm -hmm. But that is such a lie. The truth mm -hmm. is that God made us. Mm -hmm. And that in making us, he made all the physical aspects, the, the way that you know the pleasure centers of our brain react. Mm -hmm. And he also made not just our physical aspects, but our spiritual aspects and the way that we yearn for satisfaction, the way that we feel sorrow, mm -hmm. the emotions that we experience. And he knows how all of those things interact with each other. Mm -hmm. And what's more is he made those good things for us to enjoy. Mm -hmm. He made wine. He made uh, marriage and sex. He mm -hmm. made 
all of these enjoyable things. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in making all of that, he knows a lot better how those two interact and how to get the most out of life's good things. Mm -hmm. That the instructions that he gave us were not given to us to inhibit our experience of joy and pleasure, but mm -hmm. to enhance our experience of joy and pleasure. Mm -hmm. And maybe whenever I say it that way, I hope that at a certain level, there's something that goes off in you where you, where you realize, maybe I don't fully believe that. Uh, we have a, a post, like I said, where we talk about um, finding satisfaction. Mm -hmm. We talk about that in that series. And then we also have another um, post where we talk about how God's commandments are love, that the commandments that he gave to us are not an expression of him trying to control us or limit us, mm -hmm. but because he cares about us. And I think mm -hmm. the lie almost under all of that mm -hmm. is if God says it's bad, we almost wonder why he says it's bad. And we, yeah. the thought doesn't cross our mind that it's bad because it's bad for me. Yeah. That his concern is for me. Not mm -hmm. just for his glory or for his name or for the body of Christ or for other people. Mm -hmm. Because then you can easily start justifying sins that don't affect other people, it just affects yeah. me. But there's so many verses where he says, that sin is outside the body, but you're committing a sin against yourself. Yeah. And he's concerned about that. Yeah. He's concerned about the way that it damages us. Yeah. And that's why he's given those commands. So we've talked about the war and how we can win that through our faith. But let's now talk about the battles and how you know we see these um, individual mo moments normally daily that we have to try and overcome right. you know, these temptations. Right. So... Um, one of the first points that we want to make is just being vigilant for that way of escape. I'll start off first by referencing the verse that that comes from in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, because we all will be tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So looking for that way out. And how do we do that? So a few different things. One is first prayer. When you can be in the midst of being tempted to gossip, to you know, do something you don't want to do, uh, whatever it may be, you can just take a moment and say a prayer. I mean, if you're in front of other people, um, you know, you can, you know, say it in your mind. It's Maybe okay. I shouldn't like pray out loud at that. Moment. <laughs> God, give me patience for this woman. I don't think that that might that count as the sin. <laughs> But, you know, just saying a prayer, normally that probably works better when you're doing something on your own or if you're, you know, you can step aside and just pray about it, you yeah. know. Um, the other thing is verses, is kind of equipping yourself for those moments is really get, getting in scripture, knowing the truth. And, you know, it's, you know, that's our sword. We can use it in those battles, you know use all of these verses that and Joseph's really good word for word memorizing things that is not me at all but you're good <laughs> but you know knowing the concepts and knowing God's heart behind it and understanding what God is saying that's what's important and that's what you can use the last thing is a, an actual physical way of escape we see that in the story of Joseph where he's running away from Potiphar Potiphar's wife, but you can physically just pick up and go or avoid things. Right, right. So, I mean, you know, in thinking about these these moments where there is that temptation, I think really the the emphasis I want to draw is taking it almost one temptation at a time. Yeah. And and facing each one of these as just a little battle. Mm -hmm. um, and there's there's a verse that we talk about often that talks about how we're supposed to be faithful in the little. Mm 
Mm -hmm. You know, if you're faithful in the little, you'll be trusted with much. That really applies here. Mm -hmm. So I think that the battle, if you take the battles, the small battles on, the smallest of the small battles on, mm -hmm. and you fight to not allow compromise there, mm -hmm. then you're not sowing the seeds that make the big battles even harder. Yeah, I think even more so, if we overcome, let's say, say no to a temptation, that builds our faith. Because as you, I'm thinking about the times I have said no to a temptation, you know, through like just praying, and I'm like, thank you God for letting me overcome that. It built my, my faith and prayer and God's love for me and for, you know, being able to like, you know, yes, Jesus died for me to overcome this and it, it's truth. And that built my faith to next time. It's like, no, I know I can overcome this. This, I got right. this and I can do it again. Right, right. And I, and I think to the extent that you do that with the smallest examples, the things mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe for example, the struggle is lying. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the, the hard part might be, well, you know, that was just a white line. Like that was just a little mm -hmm. something. But I think if you take on those small battles mm -hmm. and, you, and you, you face that temptation, because whenever it's a small battle, that also means if it's just like a little white lie, right? You know, mm -hmm. something that's not that big of a deal. That means it's not that big of a deal to tell the truth either. Mm -hmm. And so if we take on those small battles, I think that that helps to build in us and grain in us that habit mm -hmm. of telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, you know, the example is lust. And, and if you're struggling with pornography, then taking each individual example of lust, like maybe it's easy to write off, oh, you know, I wasn't really lusting. I was just, you know, looking at that, I just happened to look that direction. But you that know- That scrolled up my feet. <laughs> right, right, whatever it might be. Um, and I think if instead you take that moment as the most important battle, mm -hmm. the most important battle isn't just the big ones, it's mm -hmm. the little ones. Mm -hmm. And taking that little battle and saying, nope, I'm gonna look somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even want to question whether or not I am being tempted right now. There's mm -hmm. a chance that I might be, that thought might've crossed my mind, I'd rather not even come close to being mm -hmm. tempted. Like, I'm, and really there's that, that other verse that I think of here is taking every thought captive. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, maybe it is lust. And I think, you know, you can take each one of those thoughts captive. Or maybe it's even something like fear. You know, maybe you're struggling to mm -hmm. overcome fear. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, to the extent that, that fearful thought crosses your mind. Mm -hmm. And it's just the little one. Mm -hmm. I think if you take that as a serious battle, because mm -hmm. I think that sometimes the way that the enemy attacks us and the way that the enemy tempts us is with mm -hmm. the things that we don't think are important. Yeah. because then we don't take them seriously. Yeah. But if instead we, we keep on fighting those little battles and keep pushing him out, no, you're not allowed, even in that little mm -hmm. way, then you know those thoughts don't stay in our head and start to grow and fester, because yeah. that's the way that it works, is that they'll grow and fester until eventually we do uh, you know, find ourselves being tempted to do something even bigger. Yeah. And so I think if, you, if we really want to overcome sin and sinful patterns, mm -hmm. you have to start with the smallest of smallest battles, mm -hmm. those little tiny moments of temptation mm -hmm. and take a physical way of escape. Look the other direction, that's fine. Take the physical way of escape, leave that situation. Mm -hmm. Look for verses, you know, think about the truth. Mm -hmm. and, and if you find yourself struggling with the same things, then realize and, and, and have that conversation with God about the war. Mm -hmm. You know, the big picture lies that you're struggling with, mm -hmm. the, the truth that you're missing. Mm -hmm. And so that you can identify those things. But I can't emphasize enough just taking each of those individual moments where you feel temptation yeah. as if that is the most serious of all battles. Yeah. And, and basically fighting that battle like it mattered more than anything. Yeah. And I think there's so much that God is gonna show you in overcoming those little things. There's so much I've learned in overcoming those little moments and they have, you can either 
fall into the lie and that builds and festers like you were right. saying or you can uh, you know resist that temptation not sin and that builds and right. fester might not be the best word right, but right. you know it builds it upon each church, other yeah. and I think that that you know like I said it just builds that faith and that there's just something so powerful there yeah so um, hopefully this conversation was helpful. Like I said, our goal was to be practical. Um, I'm excited about next time because you're going to do um, your post on God's Rescue Plan. Yes. Um, so she's going to do a post on God's Rescue Plan. And then in that series, she's actually also going to do another um, dance video. So be sure to subscribe and hit the bell because I know that you'll love that. Um, and also to the extent that you're watching this later, we'll put a link for the playlist for this whole series mm -hmm. so that you can catch up on maybe some of the other posts that kind of tie in a little bit uh, with what we're talking about here today. Mm -hmm. But overall, thank you um, for spending some time with us, and I hope that this was helpful to you.